friends and how I met your mother. If you can believe it, I'm David. I'm Natalie. <laughs> I like when I. Uh, you caught me off guard. Yeah, though. that was the that was the plan. Yeah. Um, uh, you surprised me. <laughs> uh, do you remember one of my favorite moments in the history of Kirby enthusiasm? And it's from one of the weakest seasons too, the Seinfeld reunion season. Okay. But do you remember when Jerry meets Funkhauser? Okay, And yeah. Funkhauser, the first thing he does is like, uh, like, you're a comedian, let me tell you a joke. And he tells a very long, incredibly filthy joke. Right. And Jerry Seinfeld, like, clearly, like, just break, like, he just finds yeah, it hilarious. Yeah. And then he says, yeah, you surprised me. I did not expect it to be that revolting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I, I did to you. It wasn't revolting, but I still surprised you. Right? Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah, we both uh, got a lot of sun this weekend. I'm in a little bit of pain. You're in a lot of pain from getting sunburnt. I'm very I, tired. Like, a day at the pool just, like, wears me out in yeah. ways that... Um, oh, you got me to... thinking about being tired. I'm yawning. Yeah. 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 Contagious. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, real, it's real hot. I don't know what I... Yeah, we went to the, we were the, uh, the pool, your, your sister's uh, pool yesterday and i put i put sunscreen on but i think maybe the issue is that i put sunscreen on and then like immediately got in the pool and it just like came off yeah you're supposed to like let it settle in that's what i should have done and also i don't think you got it on your back eh, i think i did i think i just immediately washed it off i think the evidence shows that you didn't i'm saying the it. evidence is that I, yeah. it washed off immediately listeners let us know what do the listeners know <laughs> obviously i'm kidding they, they don't know jack shit is it's what i'm saying um i mean they know some things they 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 say some things uh to us and we'll get to that when we get to Ooh. our segment okay um i don't know how much we actually have but uh we are making that a segment now uh it doesn't have an official name but we'll <laughs> reference it when when it gets there yeah. uh no this is a show where we watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother each week and we discuss, compare, contrast, all that sort of things. Today, we're on season three, episode 14. Uh, season three, episode 14 of Friends is called The One with Phoebe's Ex-Partner. Season three, episode 14 of How I Met Your Mother is called The Bracket. But we're going to put a pin in the bracket and we're going to kick things off with Friends, season three, episode 14, The One with Phoebe's Ex-Partner. Take it away, Davey. <laughs> um, we get a perk opening. Yeah. We open at the perk. Outside the- of the perk. Uh, but yes. Right, but then yeah, we cut inside, and uh, this episode was uh, so much fun for two big guest stars. Yeah, immediately, E.G. Daly. Yeah, is is singing. Um, I love E.G. Daly. Everyone uh, loves E.G. Daly. So, what did the, you know her from? Because I know her as the voice of Tommy Pickles. Oh, well, she's also the voice of Babe. Oh, that's right. But she's also she doesn't just do voice work. She's also an actress, yeah. and she. Uh, when she was much younger, she was in Valley Girl. She was like That's the uh, right. kind of like, yep, yep, yep. you know, promiscuous best friend mm-hmm. of of, uh, of the main girl. Um, so those are the things that I uh, that that I know her from. But she's been in a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know anything about Rugrats. Did not grow up with cable. Didn't watch Rugrats. I don't know. Yeah, I loved Rugrats. I loved Doug. Yeah, um, I, don't know these, I don't know these things. I had Nickelodeon, and we've gotten in a lot of arguments about this i wasn't a rich kid I don't, to, to me when i was a kid i always thought only rich kids had cable only rich kids had like 
new video game consoles? Like we were always as kids, we were always like a generation behind on video oh, game consoles. We didn't have video games. We didn't have an answering machine. But my parents you didn't have an answering machine. We didn't have an answering machine. Th- those were not expensive. <laughs> I know, but just like electronics in general. But what I'm saying is, my parents weren't rich, but we were like latchkey kids, and so it was easier for my parents to let the TV raise us. Okay. Which is okay. not rich. It's more just like neglectful. Um, okay. And also my parents only had two kids and we weren't in any sports or anything. So Right. We had, there were four of us and we played every sport known to man. No, that's not true. We, played, we just played the main ones. We weren't playing like lacrosse or anything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we played a lot of sports that cost money. You're right. But we, yeah, we didn't have cable. I, or, I didn't have cable. Here's the thing. Because there's... I'm the oldest of four. And there's me and my sister are close in age, and there's a little bit of a gap, and then my two younger brothers are closer in age. And for some reason, my mom decided, once me and my sister were out of the house, that's when we're getting cable, that's when we're getting a pool table in the basement, like, yeah. all this cool stuff yeah. that my brothers got to have for their high school years, yeah. I didn't get. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay. But we all lo- know and love... E.G. Daly, except you know who doesn't is Phoebe. Phoebe does not like Leslie, E.G. Right. Daly's character, because right. uh, we find out that they used to be singer-songwriter partners. They used yep. to be in a, a duo together, and mm-hmm. um, Leslie uh, quit to to sell out, basically, to, to go uh, write jingles yeah. for, for TV commercials. Yeah. So... I've only barely gotten over the, hey, that's E.G. Daly... Uh, uh, shock mm-hmm. when who comes out of the men's room of all places? Motherfucking Sherilyn Fenn. Sherilyn goddamn Fenn. Audrey motherfucking Horn comes yeah. out yeah. of the uh, the 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 restroom because uh, uh, Chandler's waiting for the the men's room. Sherilyn Fenn uh, used the men's room because the women's room was um, was occupado, which uh, is a common thing that yeah that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Uh, the first time I know you know this story now that sometimes you have to listen to me tell stories you know for the listeners um, the first time I ever went to Las Vegas was without you I went with my friend Frank and we drove and there was I mean it's this isn't a fun thing there was a terrible accident on the 15 right yeah a brutal accident that basically meant we were in traffic for hours hours just not moving at all for like it took us nine hours to get to vegas which if you don't know it should be under five four and a half yeah yeah um uh so it took us nine hours and most of that was just this three mile stretch where we just weren't moving for hours and hours and it was hot hot right uh it was very hot but the ac in my car uh worked my car was a little bit newer than the ac works now but if if you're you're stopped that's what i'm saying back then the ac was a little stronger than it is anyway um and the only, on that stretch of three miles, it's the middle of the desert, there's only one place to stop. There's a shell station at Razor yeah. Road. Yeah. Um, and I've since been there, and, and it's weird to revisit that place because it was Is like... Is that the one with the panhandlers that has like the no. statue of the... But do you know the gas station I'm talking about? Um, yeah, but that's, I think that's further. It's further, okay. I think. Okay. Um, uh, further from LA. So uh, we finally like... Get up, we like because we haven't peed in hours. We have, haven't had anything to drink or yeah. eat. I mean, yeah. we probably had water. We haven't had anything all day, and we go to this Razor Road Shell Station, 
and it's I used to have a video of my phone. I don't know if I still have it, but it was and it was like a disaster area, yeah. like just people just in survival mode. The shelves were completely picked clean. Children were screaming. People were like, uh, yeah, then there were two bathrooms. There was a women's room and essentially a unisex room because everyone was just using it. But a lot of the men were just going out into the desert to just pee out there because it was just a disaster. Yeah. And I remember we were like, I'm going to get some food. And like all that was left, I got like a little bag of pop chips mm-hmm. and I got one of those like Little Debbie oatmeal like cake sandwiches, which I hadn't had since I was a little kid, but it yeah. was like there's like nothing to eat, and I haven't wow. eaten all day, and that's what I got. And then we I got feel back bad for those like probably two employees at that gas station, yeah. that Shell station. Yeah. We actually had to park on the. We had to get off. We got off the off ramp. People parked along the off ramp. No place to park. Yeah. No place to park at Razor Road. We had to get back on the on ramp, like we were going towards back onto the 15 North pull over to the shoulder of the on-ramp and walk down to the station. Anyway. That sounds horrible. It was was a disaster. It was a bonding experience for me and Frank. I remember... (laughs) I won't say which one of your friends in case you don't want uh, to, but when she heard the story, the first thing she asked was, did you guys fight? (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) But I like that was where her mind went. Like... If I were trapped in a car for yeah, nine with hours. anyone, I would fight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, we're way, way behind. Okay. Uh, so this Sherilyn Fenn's playing a woman named Ginger. Chandler hits it off with her. Uh, but then she sees Joey when she's uh, coming back out of the uh, restroom area. And we realize, we don't know what, but we realize they have a past. Joey, like, tries to hide behind the yeah. coat rack from her. So obviously there's something um, uh, 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 bad. Um, and then, uh, I'm sorry. Um, Ross, um, <laughs> Ross goes to Phoebe, to Phoebe, to, to Rachel's, uh, work. Yeah. And he's just, he he's, just will not. He's still a jealous idiot. About learn Mark. a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like three episodes now where he's still doing the same bullshit. Yeah, yeah. He's so jealous doofus. Yeah, so but he's Mark, his perceived romantic rival, um, has quit, and Ross is being a real like sore winner. Yeah, <laughs> about so this situation. he's so happy that Mark quit. Yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, we get the we get a little bit more of the um, Phoebe and Leslie back. Uh, background because Phoebe and Monica first off are playing with a Ouija board for no reason it's like that's how the scene starts and then it yeah. never is talked about again it's a choice yeah. I've never done it I never played with a Ouija board oh I used to all the time we had one my sister yeah. and I mm-hmm. playing with dark forces there yeah alright um, I, I was I never moved the planchette myself but it did move <laughs> I don't believe you <laughs> um, so yeah we learned that they like grew up together their moms worked together on a uh, barge and they were partners, and, and, and Phoebe still feels very hurt about Leslie abandoning her. Yeah. Um, uh, then Joey shows up, and we get the background on him and Ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reference to Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica says something about, no, I definitely remember her name was Ginger, because I thought, the, I said, like, the movie star or whatever, which Gilligan's Island always makes me think of you. Yeah. Because uh, you have the same name as... Uh, 
uh, Lovey Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, spelled one letter off, though. It's, yeah, it's different spelling. Very rare to see your last name spelled the same way you spell it Correctly. out in the world. Correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's rare. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one. <laughs> there is one that we won't talk about. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but I remember you. Uh, um, when we were like first dating, you told me like. Yeah, people over a certain age or gay men generally mm-hmm. tend to, like, mm-hmm. immediately recognize the name. Yeah. And are being... I can't remember why your name came up at at my job. And my coworker, uh, who is a gay man... Like, when you told me that, I was like, is he gay or old? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. he's gay. <laughs> yeah, who, who, like, as soon as he heard your name, he went, lovey? And, <laughs> and, like, I told him what you said, and he was like, oh, my God, I'm such a stereotype. Yeah. Um... So the thing we find out, okay, about Joey and Ginger is that Ginger has a prosthetic leg. I'm guessing, based on, because I'm, like, watching Cheryl and Fenn walk, I'm guessing it's, like, below the knee. Yeah. Because, like, we know from a later scene that it's her right yeah. leg. Yeah. But her right leg, we see her, like, walking, unless it's, like, I, I, I don't know. She says she doesn't have, like, a bionic leg or whatever. Yeah, we don't see the prosthesis. We but I'm don't just, yeah, see... I, I think it's supposed to be below the knee I'm, i don't think it's important but yeah. um but it turns out that joey and ginger had a romantic cabin weekend together and he went to throw another log on the fire accidentally threw her leg on the fire right which is better than her dog like he was introducing the story there's a whole thing yeah. where he introduces the dog pepper yeah i think just for the purpose of people being like it was supposed to be like oh no for comic effect but it wasn't funny it but it's also like there's no reason for him to mention Pepper. Exactly. Other than for the joke. Yeah. Which isn't really a joke. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that's why Ginger still holds a grudge. Or actually, I should say, Ginger doesn't hold a grudge because he accidentally threw her leg on the fire. And that sucks. But the thing really that clearly she holds a grudge about is that he then left. Yes. <laughs> it, rather than deal with his embarrassment, he just left her there. Yeah. That, I think, is probably what's... Still, you know, uh, uh, chapping her hide. Um, but uh, um, Ginger's on her for her date with Chandler. This is where we find out because she steps in like a, a puddle of like icy, the icy cold, like yeah. snowy water, and she's like, "It'll be fine." And that's kind of how we don't see it happen. This is kind of how Jan- we learn Chandler finds out uh, uh, about the prosthetic leg. Um, uh, Speaking of evading or talking around the issue, uh, Ross is there. Ross and Rachel are in bed together. Ross is reading Dostoevsky. Um, oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, and uh, he is bothered by the fact that despite Mark quitting, Ross, Rachel, and Mark are planning on going to like a, a lecture, like a, a fashion, fashion lecture. like lecture yeah. uh, on, on the on the weekend. Um, so yeah, he's being a baby and 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 eventually like invites himself along in mark's stead so mark isn't there but he he goes uh instead um uh there's a bunch of stuff here that basically culminates in phoebe and leslie kind of briefly make up phoebe Mm -hmm. like is talking to monica about like because she was annoyed that leslie kept paging her but Mm -hmm. then she like stopped and she was annoyed so then phoebe like shows up the coffee shop and sings a duet with her so they're friends again for now um meanwhile ross is 
being such a bored, annoying little baby at mm-hmm. the lecture. Yeah. Um, which I don't I, like. I, I don't know how you go to a fashion lecture, but I would. I would go. That sounds really interesting to me. <laughs> it does, but it's funny. Like when we get when we get the scenes at the lecture, the like seats are so close together. It's like stadium seating, like movie theater seating. Well, I think it's supposed to be like a university lecture hall, right? Yeah, I guess. But he's just listing off things in the new fashion line, like strappy sandals, high cut back. Like he's just naming things that are in fashion (laughs) for the season. It doesn't sound like a very compelling lecture. Um, so I guess Ross is... But he's still, like, being annoying. Yeah. Um, he's snoring. Phoebe. Like, he's falling yeah. asleep. So he's Phoebe and Leslie are playing yeah, together. Ross is... Yeah, he falls asleep and, 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 and wakes up. Meanwhile, Chandler is being a real baby. Like, yeah. Monica comes to, like, say, how'd the date go? And Chandler's, like, being... Uh, uh, I mean, I hate to, like... He's being very ableist. I was going to say, we can add ableism to the list yeah. of like problematic... Like, like I don't even understand, understand what he's so freaked out about. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's freaking out. Uh, Ross and Rachel have like a pretty serious uh, fight about Ross, like snoring, and we get like... There's some interesting character stuff we get to, to um, what it's about. Although I didn't like... Because... Uh, Rachel is like, but I come to your boring, like, dinosaur lectures or whatever, which is a good point. Like, if she goes to those, then Ross should, like, not be a baby about going to the fashion thing. Uh, But then Ross is like, 100 million people came to see a movie about what I do, talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park. And he's like, no one will come to see Jurassic Park. uh, And I was just thinking, like, this is a world where the Devil Devil Wears Prada doesn't exist yet. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, There is a, a, a massively successful uh, you know, a new classic, a new American classic movie. Not that I've ever been a huge fan of the Devil Wears Prada, but maybe I need to watch it again. Uh, what about? I was trying to think of other movies that are like fashion. Well, there's the Prada Porte is the the Robert Altman one. It's the other first place my mom, my mind goes. I would argue also like any. Well, I guess like Clueless is very like fashion forward. But I yeah, but I, I think. To it's Ross's point, it has to be like in the fashion, fashion world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are other big ones that I'm uh, missing. There's a not very good movie from a couple of years ago called Greed with uh, Steve Coogan, um, where he plays like kind of the uh, 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 scion of like a Zara H and M style like fast fashion ripoff mm-hmm. empire. But that's not really about fashion. It's just about it has. But it, uh, the movie does have a lot of like just kind of sobering things about how that world works he could have if he wanted to like get even with her he could have um brought up that like big award ceremony uh-huh. at the museum that uh-huh. everyone was late for and no one took it seriously except rachel that's the upsh- upshot of that episode is that rachel did take it seriously right. you know that that the whole reason she was like she did take it seriously yeah. but she didn't like get get it together in time yeah but she was like taking her time or yeah indecisive because she, she wanted was taking to it seriously. play the part yeah. yeah but the the fight gets to a really interesting i think place that actually is true to the characters that rachel rachel likes that she has things that are not a part that ross is not a part of right. she likes that she has her own things which makes sense for a person like rachel who 
up until two years ago lived completely according to like the plan her parents had for her and and, right. and, and right. like so the idea that she has things that are her own are very big to him yeah. big to her whereas Ross wants to share everything which again I think is understandable um, because he is still I think freaked out about the fact that his marriage his old marriage his marriage fell apart yeah. in ways that he didn't see coming so anytime Rachel has an interest that isn't that he isn't involved in he's panicking his, in his mind he's yeah. catastrophizing like this yeah. is going to be the thing that takes her away from me yeah. so I, I understand that's I, that's I really like this yeah this scene and this right. argument it's I true to their both. character yeah 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 um well, what else uh and then we get a scene where uh Chandler's trying to be cool about Ginger's prosthetic leg but then she's very not cool about his third nipple she literally just <laughs> it's a leaves nub. it's a nubbin yeah he's got a nubbin um uh yeah he calls it a nubbin i don't really like that word um but uh oh i love it um well it leads to a funny moment i don't know if it's one of your funniest yeah. moments okay yeah. i won't say it yeah um uh so she she bails um we find out that phoebe and leslie's uh Reunion is short-lived because yeah. Leslie wants to sell Smelly Cat as a jingle, and Phoebe says... To a kitty litter company. Yeah. Phoebe's like, I don't want that. I told you I don't want that. You have to choose between, you know, if you want that, you can have the song. And then we cut to them watching a commercial yeah. of uh, of the a very, like, cheesy version of Smelly Cat. Yeah. Um, Speaking of cheesy versions of Smelly Cat, this won't be the last. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Um, and yeah, could have saved that for under the umbrella. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, then we get a uh, tag at the end where we find out that Chandler had his nubbin removed, and that was surgically. a source of his humor. I guess all his power, all yeah, his power. But I guess that, yeah, I mean, what, what would the recovery be like for something like that? It seemed like he wasn't. He was like, I just came from. So it's yeah. like obviously an outpatient procedure that makes sense, but yeah. like. Is he bandaged up? What's going I'm on? I'm sure under there's there? a little bandage under there. Yeah. 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 Well, so that's uh, that's everything that happens in the one with Phoebe's ex partner. Do you have any other stray observations before we get to uh, funniest moments? Uh, nope. So not. I don't think a super laugh out loud uh, episode. But um, I, I should have said said this. I'll set it up now. This whole scene with Ross reading Dostoevsky and being, like, self-conscious, it all starts because he is trying to find a way to bring up the fact that Rachel and Mark were like, see you Saturday when they left. Yeah. And so he says he was thinking about a funny thing that Mark said. Yeah. And then, um, you know, later, then Ross is like, she's like, we're just friends. He's like, don't you have enough friends? And then she's like, if I stop playing with Chandler and Joey, am I allowed to play with Mark? And he's like... Is that a joke? Is that supposed to be funny? And she says, I don't know. You thought See You Saturday was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I laughed at that, too. It's it's such strange behavior on Ross's part because after that interaction, we know that he was jarred by the, like, See You Saturday remark. So why not right after did he say, like, oh, what? In his, like, Ross way, like, what, what are you doing on Saturday? Like, doesn't that seem like... It does. But do you think maybe, like... He has learned enough about how his jealousy is a turnoff that he like tried all to day himself, to not say, not say anything, and then like tried to find a way to bring it up. 
I guess, but then wouldn't you like do it in a way like what what are we doing this week? Any plans this week? You know, like But he's not a yeah mature he's no. like clearly I don't know, I I in this episode I feel like I'm not endorsing Ross's behavior any more than I have been the past weeks, but I feel like David Schwimmer really like sold to me how much this is like a source of insecurity for insecurity him. and yeah. anxiety for him. And I did kind of feel for him a little bit, even though I don't think that anything he was doing is the way that a loving partner should behave. Yeah. I, I did. I did kind of feel for him. Yeah. Um, okay. One of my funniest was um, when Phoebe was telling Monica about her and Leslie's relationship and how they met when they were young and their moms um, worked on the barge. <laughs> And Monica's like, oh, I could imagine you and Leslie, how cute, like little girls running around the barge. And then Phoebe very seriously says, you never run on a barge. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, do you have any more? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Ginger, <laughs> when she's running out of the apartment, like creeped out by the third nubbin. Uh-huh. And. um and he's trying to like get her to stay, and she says, "Oh, it's it's nothing, nothing." <laughs> Is um, that it? I have one more. Oh, please. And so when um, when Rachel what when Rachel and Ross were arguing, she's like, "I sit through the lectures with Professor Pittstain," and then when Ross is like, "It's Professor Pittstain," <laughs> yeah. which I just thought was yeah. like in her mind, she's like <laughs> Pittstain. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to friends but make it fashion? Yes. I I don't know if I should like itemize each individual coat that I loved in this episode, oh, okay. or if I should just be like coats because like okay, yeah, yeah. Thanks. It was a wintertime episode. Yeah. We, we saw Chandler and Ginger on a snowy outdoor New York New York walk, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone's coats were just great. I will specifically single out um, the kind of off-white uh, coat that Ginger wears and. In, in multiple scenes mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then also when Phoebe bursts in and joins Leslie, she's wearing a uh, mustard-colored, like, floor-length yes. coat. And yeah. you know I'm a sucker for yellow and, and any mustard. sort of yellow yeah. hues. Me too. Uh, what do you got? Um, well, I don't know if this is props to the props department or uh, fash to the fashion. <laughs> Good. Um, but Leslie's Leslie had a statement necklace with, like, dice all over it. Oh, okay. And it was definitely a a look. Yeah. I didn't like it or dislike it. Um, I want to like, I know we normally observe a strict division between our two shows. Yeah. But I feel like there were multiple statement necklaces on This How I Met Your Mother as well that I, there's a lot of stuff I didn't like. Yeah. But I didn't hate these necklaces because both Lily and one of Barney's ex-conquests. The butterfly? They're very no. Lily's was like a bronze, like dreamcatcher necklace, Ugh. and then Meg was her name. She had like I don't think it was like the female signal symbol. I don't think it was specifically that, but that's kind of what it looked like. Okay, yeah, I didn't clock that one. Anyway, I I didn't hate them, but anyway, back to friends. Um, do you have more fashion? Because I have more. Yes, I do. Let me um um, I'll do just, I'll I'll do two for one and I'll be done. Okay. Joey had two great shirts. <gasps> okay. He has, I'll start with my second favorite. My second favorite shirt of his is when he tells the story about uh, what happened with him and Ginger. He's wearing, like, an oversized, like, red sweatshirt, but it has these very cool 
double striped bands and waistband. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like throwback, like like a 90s version of like a 50s like prep school gym okay. <laughs> outfit. You know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah, I thought that was very cool. And then my number one favorite thing that Joey wore, and I wonder if he borrowed it from when he was the uh, uh, cologne cowboy at the department store. In the opening scene, he's wearing a very cool like um uh western style shirt that's like the the i don't know what you call this pattern because it's like it's a flannel but normally we think of flannels as plaid but this is more like the i think it's kind of like native american inspired which is probably problematic Mm -hmm. um but it's kind of like almost like almost pastel hues like it looks very like new mexico uh yeah i don't remember that anyway it's a great western shirt but as I'm describing it out loud, I'm realizing probably some appropriation right. going on there. Um, Joey also has a really great, like, oversized cable knit uh, sweater, like, orange and black sweater. Okay. That I liked a lot. Yeah, everything's still oversized. I don't know. Um, yeah. And that's still 90s, and we're still in the midst of the 90s. Um, I have another props to the props. Do you remember seeing a Jones uh, soda on the table in the apartment? No. Do you remember Joan Soda? Yeah, they they still exist, don't they? I don't know, but the late you couldn't see the label, but you knew it was Jones. Yeah. If you know Jones, yeah. You. I don't think I ever had a Jones Soda. I had them. Yeah. Were mm-hmm. they good? Mm-hmm. But I the best part was just like picking them out because they all had fun. Yeah. Different pictures. Different and photos. Yeah. Yeah. Different stories. Yeah. Uh, anything under the umbrella here? Uh, yeah, we talked about Ross being an insufferable, jealous idiot, doofus. Yeah. Um, three ups in a row. <laughs> um, we've talked... Oh, do you, have, do you have one? No, no, you no. You don't have to go. Um, Phoebe's odd childhood, kind of a lot of darkness to the childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some Rachel nipples and I discussion of Chandler nipples. I didn't even notice... Rachel's nipples. Normally I notice and respectfully don't say anything. I didn't right. even notice. But I'm allowed to. I didn't even notice, yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about um, ableism. We could add it to the list of uh, humor that doesn't age well. Yeah, but I don't even know, like, I guess there the were jokes, but just, like, the idea that this would be such a deal breaker seemed weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm not sure what the problem is supposed to be. He just can't get over it because they're, like, shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if that's it, should we take a quick break? Yes. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, we're back and we're ready to talk How I Met Your Mother, Season 3, Episode 14, The Bracket. Now do they take it away. Okay, so um, we're introduced to uh, March Madness, which we talked about last week. Um, It's the bracket of college uh, basketball. Is it 64? It starts at 64 and it gets whittled down to four, right? Well, yeah, it it divides in half every every round. So, yeah. 
eventually um, there's just one. Yeah. Um, but we learn that um, <laughs> Ted and Marshall are obsessed with it mm-hmm. and they need like a big chalkboard. So they go to Lily's classroom on a Saturday and steal her class's chalkboard. <laughs> they're there's, just run, there's running like down a, the sidewalk with it. Yeah. There's a janitor working and they're like, oh, we're here to see Lily. And he's like, it's Saturday. And then they steal the chalkboard. And the janitor calls them a dumbass. Yeah. It's Saturday. There's no school. Dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you, are you, obviously the answer is no, but even as like, I'm not a basketball guy and I never really was, but I always liked March Madness. Cause I think there's something that speaks to nerds about brackets. Mm-hmm. I think nerds like brackets. Yeah. Cause and it's like, it's fun, but it's also like very like stat heavy and strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, gambling too. So yeah, all yeah. these things are kind of appealing. Yeah. I've, I've, participated in work i mean not for years since pre-pandemic but like yeah me too you, know, you bet five bucks and fill out a bracket it's yeah. it's it's fun I remember my not to the extent of ted and marshall but my dad and our our neighbor uh frank um not the frank that i mentioned uh, earlier Different friend frank, frank yeah. but um you've met my childhood neighbor uh frank he and my dad would uh obsess over they would like like ted and ted and marshall like get together and like hash out their their brackets yeah so they were talking about how this is such a big deal for them and they have a really great team and they're going to win a hundred thousand dollars and immediately barney comes in and says like oh your team lost so that was just like a delivery system for the main driver of this episode which is um barney we get a glimpse of oh so he's noticing a pattern of like striking out in in public places so we get a hardware store um and we get a pet store and museum and museum that's right and all of these places the same thing happened where he's like hitting on a woman is going well he steps away for yeah. a reason comes back and they smack him they the slap face. him yeah. yeah um and then we there's a scene at mclaren's and uh lily is sitting there um Barney walks away and a woman, we just see her from the back. She's mm-hmm. a mystery woman. And she said, oh, um, don't trust him. He's a liar. Don't believe anything he says. Everything he says is just to take advantage. I don't know what she says exactly. She uses the phrase, get in your pants. Get in your pants. Yeah. Okay. And it's it all happened so fast that Lily doesn't even know who she is. Mm-hmm. And Barney can't figure out who she is. So there we get the March Madness. So we're using the chalkboard now to discuss the 64 top conquests of Barney. So, like, he already had to narrow the list down. Do you think, is he narrowing, because he's trying to figure out, it's not his 64, like, faves. Yeah. It's the 64 women that have the most reason to hate him? Yes. I think? Yes. I mean, everyone has a reason to hate him because he has lied to, seduced, and abandoned at least 64 women in New York City. Yeah. And um, so he's whittling down the list, and then he brings out his scrapbook, which I found, like, really troubling that he, like, took photos against these women's... Well, he's... Robin asks if they know their photos are being taken, and he says yes. He said some of them. No, he said they all know only half of them choose to buy photos on the way out or whatever. Okay, so I guess it was consensual, the photos. But there are, like... 
And there have been jokes in the past, though, right. about him, like, videotaping women. And they were all, like, in very compromising positions. Yeah. Like, when they're looking at the scrapbook, they're like, oh, wow, the, that angle. You know, so they're obviously uh, risque, I guess. Um, so Barney's just, like, stumped trying to figure it out. And Lily, I guess, is very invested in it. And she's like, finally, it's, like, karma catching up with you. And then he makes a dumb joke about... Oh no, Karma's a stripper in Vegas, and yeah. she's forgiven me. So and yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't know why Lily's so like obsessed with him going on an apology tour to these women. But because he, she feels sorry for the women, and she wants them to be apologized to. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I guess she wants him to kind of get his comeuppance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so they're down to the final four. He convinces everyone to, like, help him come up with this uh, bracket, and he gives them pizza and beer, and by the fourth, they're all sad and tired. I like... Two things I like about this. I do like that Barney, for as much of a shithead he is, he remembers all these women's names. <laughs> that's, that's Well, because uh, he keeps a of the scrapbook. photo scrapbook. Yeah. Um, but I also like the show acknowledging, like, at first, they're kind of, like, having fun arguing about, like, who... Which woman did Barney hurt more? Mm-hmm. And by the end, they're just like, oh, this is sad. Yeah, yeah, they're very sad about it. It's sad. So the final four are Meg, Anna, Kate, and Holly. Meg deserves an apology because, um, wait, is she the one that he abandons in the model apartment? Not the model apartment, in Doa Citripla, in the apartment right. that yes, Marshall yes, yes, ended yes, up yes. buying. Yes. Yes, that was, that was the same... The same actress. And he... Uh, I had her name up for a second. She says, I love you. Yeah. Her name is April Bulby. Okay. So she's not mad at him at all. <laughs> so this She is, thinks it's her fault. She thinks it's her fault. She apologizes to yeah. him. We move on to Anna. He tells her that he's Ted Mosby. She hates him so much that she creates Ted Mosby is a jerk.com. Yes. There's a lot of like and, discussion about like blogs and websites. <laughs> yeah, very dated. Um, it'll it'll pay off later a little bit. So this actress is named Dawn Dawn Olivieri, and she was in the episode Ted Mosby Architect, where yes. Barney pretends to be Ted Mosby. And she works at a cafe, and then he stands on a chair and you know professes like, "I Ted Mosby, yeah. I'm a bad person. <laughs> I apologize. I'm terrible. You should never date me. Tell your friends." Yeah. Um, and then Kate. He says he's a twin, Carney and Barney. He sleeps it's with her twice. Not Carney and Barney. We'll, we'll get to it because it's in my funniest moments. Okay. Um, um, yeah, he, so, so Kate is not from a past episode, but a uh, little under the umbrella tease. Kate will appear again. Ah, okay. Of course, he like fat shames her and says, like, oh, you've lost weight. Whatever. Uh, we can't get through an episode without someone fat yeah. shaming. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, there's Holly who. They were, I guess they were camping, and he abandoned her in a tent. Yeah. And um, it kind of worked out because then, like, she swore off bad dudes and then met Mark. And then he was, like, he is invited to have coffee and breakfast. And then it's revealed that they met in July and not June. So they were, so she and Mark were already dating. Yeah. Yeah. This, again, this is So he ruined the marriage of Holly and Mark. Yeah, but also, this is like the the Phoebe and the upstairs neighbor thing. He doesn't say, like, oh, we were already serious in June. Like, he said, 
we started dating in June. Right. July 4th. So it is maximum one month in, like, how mad can he be? It, this, right. the, these characters want to act like adults date like it's high school, where yeah. it's like, we're going out now. Right. And it's just us. We like, were exclusive a week yeah. prior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's silly. Um, so they go... They Okay, so they conspire to do like a fake uh, fake scene at McLaren's where Barney's going to hit on Robin and then like walk away and see if this mystery girl goes up to Robin. Yeah. This is it's the much more obvious plan than, <laughs> than the bracket. Right, <laughs> right. When Robin says like, why are you trying to find someone you know is following you? Like, just wait for her. Right. That was the first thought that I had. Yeah. Um, so she walks in looking hot as hell, <laughs> which means she like curls her hair and wears like an awkward bedazzled Garish mini, dress. mini dress. Yeah. Oh, but looking hot as hell. But I mean, she did look hot, obviously. Yeah. Um, someone immediately like hits on her at the bar and she's like, no, leave, go away. Yeah. Come back later. Cause <laughs> yeah, you're cute. Um, so uh, Barney comes in and hits on her and then like walks away and then her friend Sally comes in and talks to her right. and Barney thinking he slept with her and forgot about her um, gives this like legitimate apology yeah. sincere and she's like I don't even know who you are because yeah. it's Robin's like cult, cult co-worker or friend yeah. but um, Lily's so happy that Barney apologized yeah yeah Lily's happy um, and then we still don't know who the mystery is, but we're going to yeah, more find under out. Yeah, umbrella stuff. Yeah, we we're going to find out more. Um, and then we get a um, the final scene at the end, and it's Barney playing himself as Doogie Howser, writing into his little dude with the uh, with the Doogie Howser song. Yeah. Um, and what restraint for the show to wait two and a half seasons before yes. going to the Doogie Howser yes. well. Yeah. But I wonder if that's something that, like, maybe Neil Patrick Harris was, like, didn't want to do it until, like, Barney was enough of an established character. Because, like, if they had gone, if they had done the Doogie Howser thing season one, it would have felt kind of pathetic. Right. Right? Yeah. Barney's already now an established character, so it's funny. And we've established that he has a blog, so it's funny that his writing in the blog is, like, Doogie doing his, yes. like, diary yes. entry at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, this was very much a Barney episode, so a good good time to yeah. throw in the Doogie. Did you all, I'm sure you, um, you, you didn't, but um, there's also a montage in this episode set to the song One Shining Moment, which is uh, a song that is very heavily associated with the NCAA men's basketball tournament. <laughs> that, 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 oh, that's like no, when that, that's what they play like when they're uh when the team wins, the final team wins and they like uh cut down the um the net. I don't know if you know about that. They cut okay. the, the net down to, to keep that as a souvenir. And yes. usually like the yeah, you'll hear one shining moment <laughs> playing. So that's a song that basically only people only remember that song because of the NCAA men's... It's not a good song. Was that playing when it scrolled through all of the 64 women? No, it was... Um, now I'm already forgetting. It was at the end of the episode. Um, okay. And it was... Uh, yeah, I can't remember now uh, what was happening in that episode, in that in that montage. But anyway, that's... I figured you didn't uh, know the One Shining Moment reference. 
No, no, no basketball is my favorite sport to watch, but I watch, you know, NBA. I never watch this March Madness. Yeah. Well, I don't really like basketball. No. Too much scoring. It's nonstop. Yeah. You could always see where the ball is. Okay. And I don't know, sometimes it's like watching athletes uh, of this caliber is just impressive. But that's true of any sport. But I feel like in basketball, they're truly doing things that human beings, most human beings can't do. It's less impressive, like a little puck or like swinging a bat. To me, like the athleticism of basketball is like the Olympic. When you watch like okay. the Olympics, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. It's. But I'm saying... I'm going to just to stick up for hockey because that's my sport that I like. Be very like, careful when you stick up for hockey. Yeah, there's a lot to there's be a lot. Uh, ashamed of. Be very but careful. like, maybe because you don't ice skate at all, like, you don't know how, 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 know how difficult, how skilled they are. Yes. And not just, like, the idea of skating backwards at, like, full speed is, that's very difficult to do. Then the speed with, with, which, with which they move in the NHL is all, I, I don't know, I feel, I feel like if you're... If you're, I'm all on, on the defensive, which means I'm already losing the argument. But my big thing about basketball is that it becomes boring because they're constantly scoring. Whereas in hockey or baseball or football, like scoring happens rarely enough that you can like there, you have time for the anticipation to build up. Whereas with basketball, it's like, oh, they ran to the other end and they scored again, and they ran to the other end and they scored again, and it gets old to me. Hmm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you like stop caring. I stop caring. <laughs> Because this is not an argument that we need to have. But, like, uh, I feel like peek behind the curtain when you're making a podcast, sometimes I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to the audience. Right. So I'm making my case to the audience. Okay. Call to action. Call to action. Basketball or hockey? Yeah. Are you right or are you wrong? (laughs) No other sports. Pick a team. Basketball or hockey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, should we move on to funniest? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so my favorite was, even though I hated the idea of the scrapbook, the fact that Barney goes to the scrapbook store so often he knows Eloise, and Eloise <laughs> helps him with his decoupage. Yeah. It, I like that. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say my uh, uh, first funniest moment was a Marshall line when um, Ted <laughs> says something about, like, um, don't tell me you're not the kind of guy who has a list of every woman he's ever slept with. And Marshall says, I have one. It's called my marriage license. Yeah. And then and he then and, he and Lily, Lily high five. High five. Yeah. Um, this is also a funny Marshall one. When they're at McLaren's, like they always are, but they're pretending to like be in on yeah. this, on this roux. Roux? Roux. Roux. Yeah. Um, a roux is like a milky, like, like a creamy sauce. It's a butter, right? it's a butter sauce with <laughs> flour and butter. Um, he doesn't know what to do with his hands, and he's yeah. making a funny gesture with his hands. Yeah. What do I normally do with my hands? I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, my only other funniest one is um, when they bring up, uh, is it, um, it's Kate, uh, and, and, he's, and, and, and Barney's like, it's got to be her. I, like, that's the evil twin girl. He's like, it's got to be her. I slept with her twice as Barney and Larney. <laughs> Oh, Larney. I thought Larney was funny. Yeah. And then it's a, there's a callback when he shows up at Kate's door and she goes, Larney? Yeah. And hugs him. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was, I wrote down Larney, but it looked like Carney. So right. when I read it back, I said Carney. Uh, peek, 
Another peek behind the curtain. Uh, okay, what about fashion? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there was a terrible Robin, like, drop waist navy dress. Yeah, it's all bad. Um, but I did, like, there's a well, good one. Oh, go yeah, okay, let me go, because okay. I have one. I don't know if you like this or not, but when Lily's by the jukebox not drawing attention to herself oh, and just dancing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's wearing, like, well, what do you call that kind of... Uh, it's a shift. A shift dress, but it's like tight. It's tight, and then I and like then her she had, tights. Yeah, very uh, decorative uh, yeah. tights. I like those lots tights. Of, lots of designs on the tights. Uh, she also has a red dress in a scene that I liked. It okay. wasn't as... So even if there's like a dress that's not awful, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's just, it's a fine dress, but it yeah. it's it stands out because the dresses are so bad. Yeah. Uh, my last thing, it's not really fashion. I don't know if it's pro- It's not even props to the props department. It's props to the art director. Props to the production design. Okay. Um, we we see multiple things inside Barney's apartment, which is not place, a place we spent a lot of time. And he has a collection of, like, axe and shovel heads. Hmm. He has, okay. like, a, a shelf that have, like, these concrete blocks that have, like, shovels and like pickaxes and stuff like you're supposed to if you're a stone worker or whatever you not a stone worker uh some kind of mason or whatever if you're okay. making that that would be the head that you would like okay. fasten onto the okay it was a cool collection i thought yeah yeah i didn't notice that i couldn't keep my eyes on it <laughs> okay um under the umbrella the umbrella so we've got uh, uh um there's a reference to Barney's mysterious job. We haven't had references to Chandler's mysterious job lately, but um, we're getting further and further into like not only is Barney's job mysterious, but it's like nefarious, sinister. Yeah, yes. so it's something like he's like, if I weren't such a good liar, if I'm not a good liar, why am I not serving ten years for perjury? But yes. That's enough about work. Yes, <laughs> I, I had that too. Yeah. Um, so we already mentioned that Meg. Um, from Doe is a Tree Returns, Anna f- or Anna, whatever, from um, Ted Mosby Architect. Uh, Kate will appear again. Uh, those are the main things I have. What Ooh, else do you have? I have um, sparks between Barney and Robin. Okay. During that, oh, yes. during that scene, he like seductively like puts his hand on her thigh and she's digging it. And then he whispers something in her ear. We yeah. don't know what. wonder what it is. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, um, there's some fat phobia and... Um, Let's see, Barney just, like, categor- categorizing, like, types of women, objectifying women in yeah. every way possible. Um, reasons why women go to pet stores, wh- reasons why women go to hardware stores. Yeah. Uh, oh, I like the bit when they're, like, trying to guess what his lie is at the museum. Yeah. And is it Marshall who gets, like, you're losing your eyesight and you want to see as much beauty <laughs> as you can before? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. All right, well, should we um, move on to similarities and differences between these two episodes? Because there's mm-hmm. a big one. Uh, abandonment? Uh, just like uh, men having wronged yeah. ex-girlfriends and, and having to apologize or having their, them still being angry. But, the, yeah, the fact that um, Joey abandoned Ginger, Ginger and Barney abandons everyone he sleeps with. But specifically Holly we see in the... in the But, yeah. In the... Uh, on the campground or whatever. Um there's obviously like some uh, in both episodes there were jokes about uh, disabled like ableism. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a. Uh, the, the, the shows keep finding new ways to Be surprise offensive. me in yeah. the way that, like, how did we? They don't. How did I? Because I watched this. Yeah. When it aired, and it, like, I don't think it registered. Yeah. As much. Um, Sad for me. Also, this is a very minor similarity, but there's a, a character named Mark in both episodes. Mark was is Holly's new husband. Holly's new husband, and also Rachel's. That's uh, right. Co-worker. That's right. Um, well, let's move on to playing favorites. Okay. Three, two, one. How I'm in your mother. It's a tough one. Yeah. It was a tight one for me this week. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't know. You can give your reasons why I feel like um, the pace of this How I Met Your Mother was very uh, good in a way that, that, that I, is, it was high, a high-paced episode. I appreciated I that it didn't jump around in ways that frustrate me. <laughs> I know that's what people love about the show, yeah, yeah. but I guess when I have to recap it, it's a struggle. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, and I think I just laughed. Neither neither one of these episodes are really howlers, but I think I laughed more at How I Met Your Mother this week than, than Friends. But this Friends had some great stuff between Ross and Friends Rachel. did have great stuff. It had great um, guest stars. Um, I did like the Doogie Howser bit in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the friends we talked about before, like the good like character development arcs. Did you watch Doogie Howser as a kid? I did. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Because um, it's funny, you and I are watching, as always, watching The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And uh, Max Casella, who was Doogie's best friend. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm trying to... Uh, Vinny? Vinny. Vinny. Yeah. He plays Benny on... Uh, on the Sopranos, Sopranos. In, the, in the later seasons, and it's uh, always fun to see him. And then, of course, he was in um, Inside Lewin Davis. He was the right the creep who owned the bar that all yeah. the folk musicians played at. I need to watch that again. Yeah, great movie. Um, you and I saw that on Christmas Day. Yeah. It was my second time. You yeah. had, uh, I had seen it before. You, yeah. Um, oh, I had another one. Yeah, please. Wasn't there uh, scenes in museum or discussion of museums? <laughs> Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Museums played a part in, in both. Yes. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to, we still need listeners, name this, give us a name for this segment of like, the when we read the calls to action and listener interaction, because right now we've still got it as pen friends, <laughs> which is not like, very good. I like pen friends. <laughs> uh, pen friends, let's be friends. Um, yeah, so, uh, where was it? Where was it? Okay. Um, Alice, uh, I I don't know if we've heard from Alice before. Alice says, I love how delighted David is when Natalie abandons her robot voice. You guys are the cutest. Oh, Alice, you're the cutest. Yes, you are the cutest, Alice. Um, thank you so much for, for saying that. Thanks Um, for writing in. It happened, uh. It happened today. Yeah, I, I shocked you out of doing your but robot the other voice. Way, yeah, but you delighted me. Yeah, but I still I still got you to to not um, yeah. do the robot voice. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Jackson, he's like a, a, a super listener. Yeah. <laughs> he responds all the time. Jackson says, um, it's fun hearing the challenge accepted segment every week and knowing who's going to win. Because he's a super fan of... Of I guess both shows. So he knows the episode what what's happening based on the titles. Yeah. So uh, those are our main bits Thanks of for writing feedback. In, Jackson. Please um, let me know if I uh, 
missed anything that anyone anyone said. I'm but, sure we both uh, did. Um, yeah. This week you gotta let us know hockey or basketball, right? And why? And also, did you watch Doogie Howser? Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, it's funny watching the show now because now Doogie Howser is such an old reference. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, um, I want. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm guessing our listenership is probably people our age, right? Mm, probably younger. You We're, think younger? I think so. Because I wonder, like, it's it's probably weird to someone because Neil Patrick Harris came back. I mean, he like he was very successful on stage mm-hmm. for a long time. Yes. But as far as like movies and TV, he came back in the two thousands with Harold and Kumar and Then How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. and now he's just like stayed back and he's a fucking celebrity now. Yeah. You know, but like it's weird to think that there was a time that he was a. Not a has been, but he was like a child second. star. He like, was a child, a former yeah. child star who was not in movies and TV for a considerable amount of time. Yeah, and he was like mostly just known for being Doogie Howser. Yeah, uh, and now he's a full-on celebrity who is also always seems to be skirting being problematic um, mm-hmm. in in numerous ways. Yeah, uh, but talented. I don't yeah. know. Um. He's in. Uh, he's been in a number of movies lately that I don't think you saw. He's in uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent or whatever the Nicolas Cage movie. Okay. Uh, more importantly, he was in Matrix Re- Resurrections, the Matrix Four last year. Okay. Uh, which was a good movie. Um, Nicolas Cage movie, not as much so. But uh, I don't know. Call to action. What What's your favorite Neil Patrick Harris? What's your favorite post Harold and Kumar Neil Patrick Harris role? Yeah. Uh, what was the thing he did, like the Joss Whedon, like musical? Oh, um, Mr. Hogglywogglies, <laughs> something like that. Mr. Magician. Wait, let me keep guessing. <laughs> Mr. Incredibles. No. All time. No. The the listeners don't know that Doctor Hogglywogglies is a <laughs> unless you're from Los it's Angeles. A it's a barbecue place in, yeah. in North Hills and the North Hills neighborhood of Los Angeles. Mr. Incredibles, wonderful. It's not Mr. You had it right with Hog- Hogglywoggly. He went to medical school. Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> Not Dr. Pimple Popper. Dr. You're saying like Mr. Incredible, but Incredible's a good thing. What's a bad thing? It's Dr. Oh, Dr. Terribles. Very close. Dr. Trouble. <laughs> no. What's a word that's very similar to terrible? Dr. Awful. And it also ends in Ible. Horrible. Dr. Horribles. It's a musical. Dr. Horrible. Bouncing little. Uh, Sing along. And then what does Barney have? What What does Barney have that that Ted reads? No, Ted reads Barney's. Scrapbook? No. (laughs) Manifesto? His blog. His blog. It's called Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog. Oh, God. I'm so sorry, listeners. The listeners loved that. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> Did you watch that show, listeners? Let us know. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, I watched it. I mean, it was a web series, but then I think... I didn't watch it when it first was like... I don't know if airing is even the right word. But I did eventually watch them all just like cut together into like a... It's okay. like a 45, 50 minute okay. piece. Um, it's... I remember it not being bad, but also like I feel like... Talk about like people who become problematic like J- Joss Whedon mm, mm-hmm. it's so Joss Whedon that I wonder if I'd be able to even enjoy it now. yeah you know yeah which is sad I, I I was such a Joss Whedon fan for so long and I still consider Buffy 
maybe, you know, top three TV shows of all time. Yeah, he did me. a lot for faux feminism. For faux feminism. <laughs> In the yeah. 90s. He, yeah, he got a lot of credit yeah. for feminism. Yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he also, like, he wrote Speed, uncredited. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, what's his name? Uh, Graham something is the credited screenwriter on Speed, but Joss Whedon did, like... It's funny to, like, if you're watching, like, a Joss Whedon thing that he also is the one making, or if you're watching, like, an Aaron Sorkin show that he's the one, like, making, you can't escape, like, oh, that's obvious him, obviously him. It's fun when someone with a distinctive voice then gets, like, filtered through a different director, mm-hmm. you know? Because Speed doesn't, like, feel Joss Whedon-y. Right. But then if you watch it knowing that, You're like, oh. some of the the, yeah. the dialogue is is uh, is very... When Alan Ruck, like, looks under the bus and sees the bomb... Or no, Keanu Reeves looks under the bus and sees the bomb, and Alan Ruck is supposed to be, like, relaying what he says to mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels, mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves goes, fuck me. And Alan Ruck goes... Oh darn! <laughs> That's a very Joss Whedon. It is, moment. yeah. That movie is so good. Yeah, I want to yeah. watch that again. Me too. Uh, let's do it right now. Okay. Um, well, that's uh, Pen Friends. Help us with the name. <laughs> Help us with the name for the correspondence uh, uh, with listeners segment. I feel like there's got to be some yeah correspondence. What about when? Remember when Rachel says, "I'm keeping up with my correspondence." <laughs> so in the section called. Keeping up with our correspondence, yes, and I, you have to say it like Rachel. Yeah. Um, I think she says, did she say catching up on my correspondence? Okay. Which might even be funny. That's even funnier. Okay, yeah. so this segment, until we have a better name, it's yeah, catching I'm, up with our correspondence. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to find a better name than that. I think you, I think you nailed it. Okay. Uh, let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce. It's called, How Were We Doing? This is where we look at what was happening in the world on the days these episodes aired. So season three, episode 14 of Friends... The one with Phoebe's ex-partner aired on Thursday, February sixth, nineteen ninety-seven. Um, here's an interesting thing that happened on that day in England: a woman named Diane Blood, in court, won the right to use her dead husband's sperm to have hmm. children. Okay. I, I like looked up the story. It's a fascinating. Okay. Uh, uh, story. I don't she, remember that in the news. Uh, no, I mean, it was in England and we were 14 or 15 or whatever. Yeah. Um, 15 or 16, whatever we were. Um, but that's the most... I think it would make it across the pond. Yeah, probably. Um, top five songs in the U.S. Number five, Whitney Houston's I Believe in You and Me. Number four, The Spice Girls' Wannabe. Oh, how Is does that, that a, go, Davey? Well, I'm saying... I said I only sing the songs that I like. Is Wanna Be a good enough song yes. that I should sing it? Yes. It's a great song. I don't know. I don't think I like the Spice Girls. Oh. Well, you're wrong. Um, number three, this is the one that maybe put the rule in place, because I don't like this song, uh, and I don't like this person. R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. Yeah. And number two, En Vogue's Don't Let Go, Love. And number one, Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Uh, the listeners must be, like, thrilled that I'm the one who sings? Like, you clearly have the better voice no. than I do. <laughs> oh, God, no. They know that I do not. Uh, season 3, episode 14 of How I Met Your Mother, which is called The Bracket, aired on Monday, March 31st, 2008. We're getting so close to you and I knowing each other. Ooh, yeah, that's fun. Like, by the, early in season 4... 
we'll, we'll be able to say like this is when we met yeah yeah that'll, that'll be very fun um so monday march 31st 2008 uh here's something that happened that day the italian city of milan i like that the that it yeah <laughs> so it's about the italian city of milan, which i've been to you been to milan nope never i've been to milan uh is selected to host the 2015 world exposition after winning 86 to 65 in a vote against Turkish Izmir. Izmir. So, I didn't realize there are still, like, world fairs. Yeah. There are. Yeah. And I think this is, like, dumb, like... I try to, like, avoid, like, that American exceptionalism or, like, like um, what's what I'm looking for? Isolationism, where people, like, Americans only care about American mm-hmm. things. But, um... There hasn't been a World's Fair in America since the 80s. There was one in New Orleans in 84, which I didn't realize. The last one I knew of, and I only, only because they like referenced it in an episode of The Simpsons, is there was like early 80s, there was a Knoxville, Tennessee World's Fair. Hmm. Um, that's, but I only know it because of The Simpsons. I didn't realize there was one after that in New Orleans. Um, but there hasn't been a World's Fair or World Expo. That I... Could we could do a whole episode or a whole series of podcasts? I think unpacking world's fairs and world's expos, and I, I I tried to look it up today, and I was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, it's it's very complicated. Yeah, and there's like there are world expos, and then there are like special expositions or exhibitions, which I think like the Knoxville one was not an official world expo, it was a special exhibition. It's a very complicated thing hmm. that I did not have time to learn all about. Okay. Uh, but I did look up here the top five songs in the U.S. Okay. Um, at number five, Sarah Breas' Love Song. Gonna write you a love song. Yeah. At number four, Chris Brown's With You. At number three... Ray J's Sexy Can I. <laughs> All right. Richly knows that song. Do you think the, listen, I d- I don't the know listeners hear? Oh, they definitely so. heard that. Yeah. What is your problem? Um, at number two, Usher's Love in This Club. And at number one, Leona Lewis's Keep Bleeding, Keep, Keep Bleeding Love. Bleeding Love. Um, probably a song I didn't like at the time, but has really grown on me. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference, you know, like there's. I think actually, I think we've already talked about this. The difference between like a song being catchy and a song being "quote unquote" sticky. Okay. Like yeah. sometimes there are songs that get stuck in your head that, that you, you don't, don't like, want. yeah, because they're sticky. But yeah. I think "Bleeding Love" is a catchy song. Or like jingles, like we talked about in yeah. Friends. Yeah. Jingles are sticky. Yes. By design. Um, final song. Final song. Final segment. Challenge accepted. This is where we look at. What was, uh, no, this is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week on both shows, armed only with knowledge of the episode titles. Uh, But let's look at how we did last week. I did very poorly. I said Phoebe once had a fling with another lady, and now that old flame has sparked back up again. Yeah. This is not a romantic thing. No. Um, You said the gang create an NCAA-style bracket... But get this, instead of b-ball teams, they're pitting romantic and sexual partners and endeavors against one another. I mean, I'm, I think, more right than you, but I don't think that's a point. You don't think that's a point? Well, you know what? We're I mean, currently I'll tied, so let's point, stay so tied. Stay tied. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you definitely got closer. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't... They weren't competing with each other, I think, was the main thing right. that you were... I had to narrow it down to Yeah. whose bracket... 
So uh, can you vamp for us oh. real quick? Mac and cheese bites. Chicken cilantro mini wontons. Buttermilk brined half chicken. Getting hungry. Hot Italian sausage. Mango jicama slaw. Do you think um, the thing that Barney whispered in Robin's ear was the phrase hot Italian sausage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, all right. Season 3, episode 15. Oh, I even heard of this one. But I'll, so I'll have to figure out something. This episode is called The One Where Ross and Rachel Take a Break. Mm-hmm. So I have to come up with a prediction that isn't... Oh, the obvious? Isn't just like... Right. What the episode is called. Yeah. So I guess... Tough. What are they going to fight about? I think it's going to be an extension of the conversation this episode. Okay. Where Rachel is going to be like... I'm not leaving you, but I need some time. Like, I'm blossoming in my own way right mm-hmm. now, and I need some time to follow that thread mm-hmm. and see where that's going to get me okay. before I can be, like, full-time relationship gal. Okay. So, um, uh, Rachel wants to follow her own muse... For a bit, and hopes Ross can wait around for her without being too much of a pud about it. <laughs> I don't okay. even know if that is. That's just what he is. Okay. Doesn't that sound like what he is? Yeah. Yeah. Like a pud, a puddle. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, How I Met Your Mother, season three, episode 15. Okay. Is called The Chain of Screaming. The Chain. The Chain of Screaming. Okay. Who's going to be screaming in this chain? It's multiple screams. Yeah, yeah. A chain of screaming. Um, okay. Um, are they screaming? Okay. Don't um, ask me. Okay. <laughs> I can't answer anything. No, no, I'm just, uh... Okay, so everyone in the gang is going to scream at some point in the episode. Okay. Um, and they're going to be afraid of something. Each one is going to scream in fear of something. Is that not detailed enough? Um... I wrote, I scream, you scream, the gang all scream in fear. Yes. Is that good? Yes. That's perfect. Uh, now, normally, not all, sometimes, like with Sarah Chalk, I like to like make you try and guess who the guest star is going to be. Okay. The big guest star in this episode is so fun that I just wanted to be a surprise for you. So I'm not, we're not even going to say okay. it. There's a great guest star okay. um, in this next episode. I'm excited. Um, yeah, someone, someone you and I are both fans of. Oh. Um, someone increasingly that America is a big fan of. 
Um, but you and I were early on the, oh. on the, on the train. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we did it. We talked about season three, episode 14 of both shows. Uh, you can find obviously posts for, you can find the episode, the podcast, wherever you found it. You're listening to it. You did great. You yeah. can keep doing that. Well done. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, but you can also find posts for every episode at battleship You can leave comments there. That's also, you can find my other podcast, battleship pretension and also all, all sorts of movie reviews and other, uh, kind of movie related stuff over at battleship You can email us, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Davey pretension and you can email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. Now, uh, Natalie, where do you want people to find you and track you down on the internet? Please don't. No, please don't. Um, but <laughs> no I, one knows what that's from. No, no one should. Um, but I do... If you, That's the call to action. If you know what, what Natalie was just referencing with, no, please don't. No, please don't. Please don't do that. That's, not a, real, that's not a real call to action. Yeah, I want to know if anyone um, knows it. But, yeah, uh, if you like this episode, you should rate, review, give us five stars if you liked it. You should definitely tell your friends, definitely tell your mothers. Um, yeah, that's how people find us. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. Yeah, reviews um, are great. Reviews are great. Uh, until next time, see you on the barge. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>